We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Did you know that you could invest in crypto through your retirement account? That's right. iTrust Capital allows you to invest in over two dozen of the most popular cryptocurrencies. And unlike the stock market, you can buy and sell 24 hours a day. With iTrust Capital, you also get the tax benefits of a retirement account while investing in crypto. Visit iTrustCapital.com to start investing today. That's iTrustCapital.com. Taxes and conditions may apply. Fees apply. Cryptocurrencies are a speculative investment with risk of loss. iTrust Capital Incorporated does not provide legal, investment, or tax advice. Consult with a qualified legal investment or tax professional. Collins driving, almost lost the handle. Chalmers for the tie. Got it for two seconds. Unbelievable. He throws. Got He used to tell me, those places are great, but there's no place like Kansas. All right, folks, what's good? We're back. Uh, another episode of Ain't No Seeds Podcast. It's been a while. We're sorry, as always, but we had to hop on. We had to talk low KU Missouri, KU hoops, and in rare form, we're talking KU football in December. You you absolutely love to see it. Uh, but B turn, we got to start with Missouri. Um, I just want to come out and say it. Was this the best possible scenario for this rivalry coming back? Like, could you have scripted a better, more hilarious way for us to get this rivalry going again of us just beating the living crap out of Missouri for 40 minutes straight. Yeah, it was so much fun. Like, obviously, just beat the shit out of them from the opening tip. And just our whole – the whole crowd was amped. The players looked pissed off. Like, CB was animated the whole game. Dewan's from Columbia. He played really well. Yeah, yeah, just – I mean, felt like we could have – could have beat them by 50 at one point. I was a little disappointed that Bill, like I love seeing T hand come in and hit a three, but I kind of wanted to see Bill go full throttle until like the final minute. Like don't even bring subs in with, I think he started doing it like three minutes, four minutes, which is probably fair. You knew Bill would be the the better man, but 
it would have been really funny to just see Oach and CB continue to pour it on with two minutes left on the clock. But we'll take it. What do we win by? 37, 35? It's just, I mean. Yeah, 102.65, right? Yeah. No, 102.67, so 35. But, I mean, it's just wild to see how it's now been almost 10 years since that game that everyone talks about to see just the trajectory and the differences of these two programs since that game, like Missouri's had what they hired a D two coach who failed miserably. Then they hired Quanzo, who was supposed to be the savior, be the greatest thing ever, which by the way, has anyone like tricked people into thinking they're a better coach more than Quanzo has like that guy has never been good anywhere. And he just continues to get big jobs. Yeah. It felt like Mizzou fans were really pumped when they hired him too. Oh, yeah. They were like, this is the perfect fit because he's a Missouri guy. Like, it was always – on the writing was on the wall. He was going to come back to Missouri and, like, change the program. And he stinks. I mean, Missouri is bad. But what I was getting at with all that is, like, it's just wild to think that we're right where we were in 2012. We're we're top ten team. We're national championship hopeful. And to just see that Missouri is now literally the worst Power 5 basketball program – this season uh it's pretty crazy and to think that if our teams would have played in football this year i think we would have been bigger like it would have been more of an upset for them to win that basketball game than for us to win the football game which is crazy to think yeah i think football would have definitely been obviously way more competitive i bet it would have been like a seven 14 or 17 point spread maybe <laughs> yeah which i mean that's a lot but I was shocked at 25. I did not think spread for basketball. Did you bet on that? No, I don't know why I didn't. I I mean, I don't think I could have taken KU minus 25. I mean, one, because I, I don't like to gamble on those types of games. Like I just want to sit back and enjoy it, but it's also like 25 is a lot of points in a game where like emotions are going to be high. Crowd's going to be crazy. You've seen plenty of times in those big games where KU comes out and just kind of like, you're flat, you're like, you're over pumped up for the game. Like I was just picturing Dave traveling every time he touched the ball because he's so amped up, sped up, ready to go. So to see us just comfortably cover was hilarious and awesome, but I'm sad I wasn't on the winning side of it. I know. Yeah. I wanted to take the spread. Like you said, it was huge, but watching the zoo this year, like there was a game the other week, they were down, I don't know if it was Liberty. They were down 35-11 at half. <laughs> yeah. Like a field goal until like four minutes left in the first half. Like, And they just – I feel like – I don't know. Maybe it's because they were down a ton the whole game, but it didn't seem like they were really playing with a ton of emotion or – like they just didn't seem really into it. It's like it almost felt like they knew they were going to get their ass whooped. Oh, yeah. I mean, it is – it was honestly impressive what Bill was able to do with like getting all these kids. I mean, outside of CB and – Dewan and Christian. I mean, maybe Ochai, he grew up in the area, but it's like these guys, they've heard of the rivalry, but they have no reason to actually hate Missouri. But we somehow got this team riled up. And I mean, they came out like they were playing a top five team. And I mean, the crowd helps with that. But yeah, you're right. Kwanzo did not seem like Missouri had that same type of fire. Or energy going into the game now it might just be because they stink but even in the post game you saw their players being like yeah it was it was really awesome to play in an environment like this like we never 
We never who says that after a rivalry game? Like it was almost sad how, how lopsided and just different this game went for our fan base, our team, our players, our coaches versus theirs. But they deserve it. It's <laughs> it's uh it will never get old, just absolutely shit pumping Missouri and um, yeah. Um, I feel like all of our guys played really well too. Like there wasn't one guy that played bad on Saturday. I thought, I, I don't know how you feel, but I feel like Mitch has given us really good minutes this year. Like there's been previous years. I mean, we've talked about him where he can be frustrating at times, come in foul, um, miss bunnies and stuff like that. But I feel like he's been really good this year. And that's huge because Dave has struggled to start the year again, but like CB came out on fire. Bill Self talked about it. Like he only had 13, but it felt like he had a lot more. Felt like he had 10 in the first two minutes. Yeah. <laughs> and he was talking his shit. He was so pissed. I like, loved uh, that game personally. Oh, yeah. I love that he, he proclaimed the game over after his second bucket <laughs> of the game or something like that. Like he's just, we need guys like that. Like I feel like all our best teams have guys that are just over the top talk will talk shit at all times and just don't care and i yeah. don't really think that's ochai's style which is fine yeah, like that not- wasn't that wasn't brandon rush's style but he had other guys on the team that could play like that and that's what we need so we might but, need to dedicate the whole rest of the episode to ochai because we haven't really talked about we haven't really recorded in months it feels like and he's just been money every single game like yeah it's unreal because, I mean, obviously, KU has a loaded team every year. So how hard is it to lead the entire country in scoring at KU? Like it's that. crazy. And it's just like Bill Bill does not have high score type dudes. Like it's not because we've never had good scores. It's just because we're spread out. Like we'll be that 08 team at guys averaging 13, 13, 14, and 12. Like it's – it's always spread around to where to see Ochai just being able to go out and score 22 a game. It's crazy. I, I, I remember, remember that big 12 tournament game last year against OU before the COVID stuff hit and Ochai yeah. had a huge game. I remember thinking like, damn, if we could get Ochai, you could start to see him getting confident, like realizing that he was really freaking good and could get more shot. Like he just never seemed like he, was comfortable going out and getting his own shot. But in that OU game, he started to do it. And I just remember thinking, like, it sucks he's going to leave early because it felt like he was so close to reaching that point of just being an absolute superstar. We got him back. It's perfect. He's, the I think, the best wing in the country who, I mean, I guess EJ, Little, Liddell at Ohio State's pretty good. Uh, but, I mean – you really can't make an argument for anyone being better than Ochai so far this year. Yeah. You can say other guys have been just as good, but you can't say they've been better. It's crazy to think how close he was to leaving. Oh, it's every time they talk about it, it like I get scared. Like it's just nuts to think how close we were to not getting to see this. And I mean, this team would be, we'd find other guys would have stepped up. We'd be a different team, but it's just like, he gives us the ability to win it all. Like, mm-hmm you got to have guys like him if you're going to go win a national championship. And I don't think we would have had it had he not come back. But Yeah, that's why it is crazy that he's leading the country in scoring Like, because we have so many guys. Like, we're 10-11 deep, whatever. Jalen Coleman-Lands can't sniff minutes. Yeah. 
It feels like, like, like maybe last year it would have been a team where someone led the country in scoring, but mm-hmm. this year you got Remy, who was supposed was preseason Big Twelve Player of the Year, which is kind of crazy to think about because he doesn't even shoot the ball. Yeah. And then you got Dave coming back for his senior year. Like Dave's looking to play somewhere next year. Obviously, he needs his looks. CB, I mean Jalen. <clears throat> early in the year last year, I remember some like I was talking about him going pro last year. Yeah. So it's like he comes back, like he needs his looks too. It's just crazy that Oach is – what's he at, 22, 23 a night? Yeah, he's like 22.2 a game. Um, and, yeah, I mean, just so many guys on this team. You know what's wild, as we were thinking about that, like do you think when we signed Jalen Coleman-Lands in the offseason that the plan was like him to replace Ochai? Like there's no way that we sold Jalen Coleman-Lands on – coming in and being the seventh man i just i yeah. refuse to believe that yeah because i mean he played at two decent schools like he played at DePaul, iowa state he probably could have went i mean he was iowa state's second best player like he could have maybe their best i don't know I, bolton's pretty good but I mean, think about how many d1s he could have went to after iowa state and played <laughs> legit minutes and averaged what 15 a night i mean yeah. he did that yeah iowa state. like he had to have been sold on minutes because it's like you go to KU and play minutes and score, like you're going to get looks somewhere. But I will say, I the thing I love about him is he – I mean, he's been in college so long. He's lost a lot of games. He's played for a lot of bad teams. I do think he's kind of just at the point, like, I'm willing to sacrifice some minutes to actually win and be a part of a winning program. And when it's all said and done and his career is over, I promise you the most fun season he's going to have will have been this season. Like, it's – he's not going to play as much, but – yeah, he just has got to be that guy that comes in and can spark the offense when we're struggling, hit the open shots. He frustrated me a little bit for I think it felt like four or five games there. He wasn't really making his shots, but yeah. he looked good against Missouri. So I was sitting like six rows behind the bench at the Sprint Center the other night and Jalen took like two bad threes in a row, like two or three in a row. And he, Bill immediately subs him out. He comes to the bench and Bill looks at him and screams, do you ever pass? <laughs> yeah. I just, I felt like he could have been like an Isaiah Moss type like this year, come off the bench, hit a couple threes. I, yeah, mean, I feel like, like Jalen pisses off Bill. Oh, it's he's just such a high volume guy. I think like he just loves to get shots up. So yeah, mm-hmm. I mean a guy that's not going to get a bunch of minutes, he's going to come in and freaking yeah put the that's ball up. Which say. I don't hate. Like I want Jalen. I don't want Jalen Coleman Land to ever pass up an open shot. That would be bad offense for him to pass up an open shot. But he probably doesn't need to go like shooting fadeaway jumpers and contested jumpers over and over again. But. Imagine uh, if we get the other Jalen going. Yeah, I I feel bad for him. Like, he's going to get it going, but it just – well, it's kind of self-inflicted. He drove drunk, can't do that. But there's no way he has this start to the season if he was going from the jump. Like, he just feels like he's in an awkward – I mean, DeWan up until the Missouri game hadn't been great offensively. He still does all those things both self-loves, but – like, I think we're pretty certain Jalen would have been starting. Dewan wouldn't have been starting. Or Jalen would have been starting. Dewan wouldn't have been. And now I just feel like we kind of have a good starting five. 
that's yeah. working. And it's like, you can't really mess with that, but without messing with it, it just puts Jalen in kind of like an awkward spot, but it'll be interesting to see how Bill handles that moving forward. Cause I would have thought Jalen be starting by now, but he just hasn't played well enough. Yeah. Like you said, Bill's obsessed with dudes that can just guard and do little things like Dewan really like, how does Dewan hurt you? Honestly, because on the offensive end, he doesn't shoot like, and last year it felt like he knocked down the occasional jumper on Saturday. He definitely did. Yep. He's quick. He can get to the rim. He just hasn't really looked to, but it's like Dewan can't hurt you. And he's yeah, great. I mean, the thing that scares me about Dewan, which is obvious, and it's what Missouri tried to do early was just like, they can sag off him and that'll affect how well Ochai, CB, Dave, how well they can get shots up and how well they can score. But Dewan immediately ruined that game plan by hitting two shots early and making them have to start guarding him. So, I mean, yeah, that's what he's got to do. And it, I'm not sold. You heard all offseason, oh, Dewan can shoot. Dewan's a shooter. I'm not sold on it. I don't think he is. But if he can at least be somewhat of a threat and not a complete just guy that you can ignore the entire defensive possession, that would be huge because every other thing he does on the court is great. Bill loves it. We need that our defense struggles without him on the floor. And so it'll be interesting. I really don't know when the one will lose his starting spot to Jalen, maybe never, but I'd be shocked if he doesn't. And that would mainly mean because Jalen hasn't gotten better. I expect Jalen to improve, but we'll see, man. I don't know. It, uh, if I was a betting man, I'd probably say Jalen starts, but I'm the more we go, it's like, wouldn't be shocked if it's just Dewan the whole way and Jalen's a six. Yeah. yeah, which wouldn't be terrible to get Jalen back next year. I mean, if you imagine if we had Jalen, CB, Dewan back next year, yeah. um, Rice is coming in. Joe's back, which yeah. I feel bad for Joe. I mean, you want to talk about when we signed him, we thought he was going to be our guy. He was like our starting point guard. Yeah. And now he doesn't play. And I feel bad for him because – I mean, he's got the talent. As much as we're going to lose, it feels like we're going to have a ton back, too, and we got some guys coming in. Yeah. I mean, I haven't even thought about next season yet. What? How'd you feel about Dave on Saturday? I thought he looked a little better. I feel like he's slowly getting there because he's always going to be clumsy. You just got to deal with it. He definitely did less things that make you want to punch a hole through (laughs) your wall. And I mean, like Dave's a stud when he's going, but he's like the most frustrating human being in the history of Kansas basketball when he's not going. But if you can just kind of get him in the middle, that's fine. What do you do? Like 12 and or 10 and seven the other day? I don't know. It was a decent game, I think. I can't yeah, remember. Yeah, I think he had 12. Yeah. Isn't it crazy that he catches the ball in the post and gets double teamed? And when he passes it back out, the, uh, one of the guards <laughs> is wide open and they get a wide open look. One of our three crazy. good shooters. <laughs> wide open our best player in the country is wide open uh yeah i mean like you said david is who he is he's going to be frustrating he's gonna be clumsy he's gonna make mistakes but he's just got to get to the point where it's not like the dayton game where he was unplayable like it was that was so bad so i love him i'll love him forever because nobody makes me laugh more than dave when he's just putting up absurd shots, which I'll be honest. You know what's weird? Dave hadn't really shot mid-range jumpers this year. Yeah, it's shocking. I thought he'd shoot a couple threes. Yeah, I think it's like 
last year's offense was just so gross and there was no spacing and anything. I think Dave would just be in weird spots and just put up jumpers. Whereas this year it's like we're running really smooth, really well ran offense. That's people are get like, we're getting the shots we want to get, which is good. Our offense is freaking awesome. It's just, Mm -hmm. I worry about the defense, but it's both. I know, especially in Orlando, we haven't even talked about that tournament really. (laughs) That Dayton game, like just wide open layups, dunks the whole second half. If we, if we play decent at all in the second half, I mean we're undefeated right now. Probably what rank number one? We're rank number one. We've won every single game beside every like I would argue almost every half of basketball we've played. We've almost won by double digits. We've won every game by double digits. Uh, Just drives me nuts to see that we're still like like Alabama hopped us in the rankings, I think, and Purdue drops two spots, even though they looked awful last week. It's like, yeah, they almost lost why? Game, yeah, they should have lost Saturday. Um, it just drives me nuts that if that ball, does, that absurd buzzer beater doesn't go in, we're the number one team, but because it did, we're seventh and nobody's talking about it. But on the other side of it, I kind of like being under the radar because we are good. We're really good, and I just don't quite think the rest of the country realizes that, and that's not a bad place to be. Yeah, you know what really drives you nuts? What, rankings? Yeah. Yeah, I mean, it's just (laughs) – I have a mindset of if everyone's going to send out their rankings, I'm going to critique them. Don't tweet them out if they're not going to be critiqued. Yeah, how hard is it to do it right? (laughs) Well – how hard is it to just rank teams based on how actually good they are and not based off, which I hate that I do this, but it's like a lot of these guys rank teams to try and get a reaction out of people. Jeff Goodman dropped Kentucky out of his top 25. Do you think Jeff Goodman doesn't think Kentucky's a top 25 team? I think Jeff Goodman thinks about you when he's typing his rankings out, basically. Jeff Goodman once blocked me and then unblocked me. So you know that he, like, I'm truly – in his brain somewhere. <laughs> um, tell me you didn't miss him spelling Ochai's name wrong the other day. I might have been flying. Out, he put out early season uh, All-Americans, and he spelled Ugbaji just atrociously, <laughs> atrociously wrong. I think it was A-G-A-B, like Agabaji or something. And I just immediately when I saw it, I thought you would tweet about it, but I never saw you tweet about it, and I was just kind of worried about you. I uh, must have missed that. I was in Mexico. I wasn't. I wasn't on Goodman Patrol. But uh, what was the thing he tweeted that one night where you were like immediately waiting? It was funny. I was at a work event and I was literally about to take a microphone and introduce this event, like get started for the night. And we're getting ready to go, and I'm like firing tweets off about Goodman and my brother, who's also part of the event. Like text the me and the other people running the event, like do we have to push the event back five minutes because Ryan's mad at Jeff Goodman or are we going to start on time? Like that's how mad Jeff Goodman can get me. (laughs) I don't remember what it was was. rankings or what, but immediately when I saw it, I just knew you'd be fired up. He just like, find it. uh, I don't know why it's Goodman that always fires me up, but he just like, he says everything so matter-of-factly, like there's just no possible chance it's wrong, and he's just so incredibly wrong about so many things that it just fires me up. But, uh, I mean, 
Oh, How about well, there was, what? I one, not him, but I found the one when Coach K called the timeout with point one left. Like I was deadlocked watching that game because I had money on Duke, and he was so mad at the refs that he called a timeout with point one just to rip them and then inbound it. And obviously, you're not doing anything with point one, but. I mean, yeah, that was all-time Coach K move. He is such a all-time. Just look at me. I can do whatever I want. He's just, oh, can't stand that guy. I will say. <laughs> oh yeah, it was. Oh, what's this this year? Oh, he did like a top five. Goodman did a top five ranking and had Gonzaga, Texas, UCLA, Kentucky, Kansas. Oh yeah, and I put like an a star and put waits for Ryan Reinhardt to tweet about this. <laughs> he said, I mean, I gasped when I read it, had to check the date, thought maybe it was pre Remy news like in April. Yeah. <laughs> just, I mean, you cannot look at that Kansas roster at that point in the year. That was like November and be like, yeah, they're the sixth, fifth best team in the country. Like they were a freaking top three team in the country. I don't care what anyone says. They still are. Um, but I'm reading our previous tweets. What? <laughs> we were talking about <clears throat> you guys were at the KU football game, and I told Janes to give a I'm sick and tired speech. He said, I gave one, and Ryan Reinhardt missed it. <laughs> Can you imagine him? He was probably waiting for you to get the phone out to record him doing He's that. He's always him and AV just come up to me and like, hey, record this chug off. I'm like, gee, how many are you gonna do today? I, I'm sick of recording you guys. Uh, <laughs> should we talk about KU foosball? Well, we should, but I wanted to throw a question out to you before we moved on. Is Ochai the best Kansas wing since Brandon Rush? Is that too far back? I mean, I, Macklemore comes to mind, I think. Yeah. But other than that, I mean, I think Ochai, as of now, is also Benny Mack was a one-year player. He was kind of inconsistent throughout his yeah. <clears throat> freshman year. I mean, he was a top, what, top five pick, but yeah. I mean, Ochai's been here, played a lot of games, a lot of minutes for four years. So it's like you probably take Och over him still. I mean, 22 a night. Yeah. I mean, top- there's still a lot of time where our schedule is going to get a lot harder. I don't expect Ochai to average 22 a game, but. I was just thinking that the other day, like Ochai really is like all our big time players over the years have been either bigs or point guards. We haven't just had like an elite. I mean, Wiggins, obviously Josh Jackson. So I don't know. Jackson probably in there, but I mean, I think the argument can be made that Ochai is the best Kansas wing. No NBA prospects go into it, but the best Kansas wing since Brandon rush. And yeah, I don't think it's crazy. I think, I think people would think that was crazy at first just because we're barely into the season. We've had so many good wings, but I mean, if any of our, I guess Wiggins was close to what, 19 a night, 20 a night. He, he ended up at 17 a night. Yeah. Uh, I mean, cause we've had guys that went higher in the draft. Like I think Macklemore, Josh and Wiggins are yeah. all top five picks, but. That's the other thing. Where is Ochai going to be in the draft? I know. I haven't really – I think I tweeted about it the other day, but I haven't really looked at mocks. But, I mean, he's got to be guaranteed top 20 right now, right? I mean, 
Yeah. Right Brody. now, for sure, a All-American first team. It kind of, like, reminds me of Davion Mitchell from Baylor last year who, like, was – I don't – I mean, he was probably on draft boards, but I don't think he had, anyone had him going first round before last year. And then yeah. he ends up going, like, ninth in the draft. Like, I don't think Ochai goes top ten, but I do think if he stays even remotely close to this level – there's no chance he doesn't go first round. Yeah. I mean, was he even going to get drafted last year? No. And I, I mean, he's smart. I love when guys actually listen to feedback. Like it, it frustrates me when guys go through the process, you know, they're told like, well, you're probably not going to get drafted or you're going to go late second round. You're going to fight for a contract. Then they end up in the league and they're like, you feel bad for them because it's not going how they want it to go, but it's just like you didn't have to leave early. Like you could have tried. And I always respect when people just want to go get a paycheck, but then it's also sad when it's like, if you last nine more months at KU, you could have made millions of dollars because of that. But I know he has to sit there at least once a day and be like, dude, like, can you, like, can you imagine if I didn't come back? Yeah, he's got to – this has to be he's so fun for him. He's guaranteed to go first round no matter what, I feel like. Yeah. I was kind of thinking about Malik Newman the other day, which I felt like the consensus was that he couldn't have really done much more in the tournament, but still felt like he had two guys that were ahead of him, Devontae, Svee. Felt like mm-hmm. he would have – he could have came back and been yeah, the man I mean, next year. And we were – That next year we were so young, he would have absolutely mm-hmm. been the guy. Like, but – yeah, Malik probably – I mean, it was smart for him to try and strike when he was hot. Like, no one – he was the biggest name in March that year. And so, I get it. But, yeah, he's a guy that you look back on, like, can't really crack a roster. And you're just like, what would one more year of learning under Bill Self? And, like, could he have had a Devontae Graham-type year where now Devontae is getting – I mean, what was his contract? Something absurd with the Pelicans. Yeah, so yeah, the Pelicans paid him. Um, yeah, I don't think it's crazy to say Oach. It's just we've had so many wings, but I mean, he's got. I don't. Even, who would be the Player of the Year right now? I know Wendell Moore's been really good for Duke. I know that kid for Arizona. I don't know how to pronounce his name. Has been really good. EJ Liddell. Yeah, um, I mean, God. Timmy's still really good. I'm biased, but I, I still would say Oach because I think biased again, but I still think we're what top two, top three team, maybe the best team, and he's leading the country in scoring. Yeah. I mean, and the thing that's gonna help him is if we win the Big 12 with how good the Big 12 is, it's like, how do you if it's close, how do you not give it to a guy that won the toughest conference that is on a we'd be a one seed in that scenario. Like you got to give that to him over like someone in the ACC that's playing a trash schedule. Which don't even get me started on the fact that Duke doesn't play a ranked team the rest of the season. What a joke! <laughs> this this season is just setting up for Coach K to win as many games as he can, get a one seed in the tournament, get put in North Carolina for the tournament, sleepwalk <laughs> to the Elite Eight. Get every call in the Elite Eight because you know they're not sending Coach K at the Elite Eight. Got to have him in the Final Four for the storylines, yeah. and then we'll they see. Every call in that game. Yeah, I mean, I think I would pay <laughs> some good money for us to play Duke in the tournament, 
have you in attendance, send a camera crew there and just have it right in your face the whole game. Just, just watch you get fired up, do getting calls. You oh, just because, yeah. Actually, yeah, I just have you sitting right across from Coach K. Just me just staring at Coach K, not even watching the game. We're up 15 with two minutes left, and he fake passes out on the floor. <laughs> he will do that when Coach K sees the season dwindling. And he knows his career is coming to an end. He's going to be like, what can I do to make this about me? And it's going to be an all-time faint job or <laughs> I don't know. but No, or like our fans are just going crazy on the sideline and he goes and gives them a talk. <laughs> a lecture to each fan down the sidelines. <laughs> like, oh, the lecture he gives in a locker room at the end of this year is going to be all-time. Like, Oh, I hope it's us. I hope Oach or no. Can you imagine CB just torching Coach K in the Elite Eight game, just talking loads of shit, and Coach K just lecturing him after the game like, you're better than that. We're up 20, and CB has a breakaway dunk, and he's lecturing Bill and the handshake line and CB. Yeah, I love CB. Uh, That's another guy I want to talk about. I yeah, know yeah. people have said CB was had a huge offseason. I'll be honest, I never – I guess I've been hesitant to believe in the CB hype. Like, I knew he'd be solid and he'd do the little things Bill Self likes, but, like, I didn't see him being our second best player. Um, yeah. And I don't know. Like, I've been thinking all year, like, who's a good comparison for CB? Who's a player we've had like him that, I mean, he can really kind of play – all five positions. I mean, not really center, but I mean, he's just kind of a guy that can do everything. And it's like rare that we have that. Yeah. And I feel like previous years, he kind of struggled to blow by defenders, get to the rim, but he's scoring in a variety of ways this year. Like he's been insanely good. Um, I want to obviously want to see it throughout the year um, in the conference play and things like that. But yeah, he put in a ton of work this offseason, and <clears throat> him and Oach, obviously it's showing, like, there's been nights where CB's even been better than Ochai. Like, yeah. those two right now have been some of the best guards in the whole country. I mean, he's I mean, he's blocking shots. He's taking the ball coast to coast. He's hitting threes. He rebounds better than anyone most of the time. Like, he yeah. just – I don't know. I wanted to – I think I saw a tweet about this, but I wanted to, like ins- – crazy comparison because cb's not this level of an athlete but i mean he is freaking athletic but like josh jackson is kind of like i like i think cb's similar to that in his role with this team compared to how josh jackson was they're different josh jackson had a whole different level of athleticism but like i don't know that's the only player comp that i can think of when you think of like how he all the things he does for this team yeah, I know. I'm trying to think of comps that would be good for him. Obviously, I feel like you immediately think of white guards. Yeah, I mean, that's what's hard. It's like everyone wants to be like Sfi. He does a lot more than Sfi did on the court. Like, Sfi was a yeah. better shooter, but, I mean, Sfi couldn't rebound other than the Bagley game where Sfi became the best post defender in the country. But Yeah, I mean, I, CB's been one of the best rebounding guards we've had in a while. Yeah. Like so, there's, it's like seven or eight a night. It feels like, yeah, it's it's crazy, and we need it because if Dave's not playing well, and yeah, Dave's not. 
I don't even want to get into Dave, but the amount of balls that can touch both his hands <laughs> and end up so far away from him, I will. It shocks me every time. Like he just, it's like his hand. Like I know the saying, like brick, like you're got bricks for hands, but like he really does. Like the ball just hits his hands and just ricochets. I just don't get how it's like the same as like fresh. Like how is it? How have the hands not improved? Like it's like the same thing every year. It's like, why don't they just get like a jugs machine and the yeah, and just fire balls at them like a wider receiver. It's like it's not like they're throwing <laughs> fast. Like they're lobbing it into him, and he just yeah lose it. Get on the ground, try to grab it on the ground, lose it, and then obviously getting rebounds. It's even worse. It feels like yeah, he's uh, he'll be fine. He'll figure it out. Um, I think so. I think if once him and Remy and Jay, like, it feels inevitable that those three will get going at some point. That's scary to think about. Well, that's what I want to talk about next. Like, where are we at on Remy? I love Remy. He has some of the most exciting passes we've seen from a guard in a while. Uh, Dave blew that one against UTEP. I'm still mad about, but it's like, I think Remy has, I don't know, kind of, not taking enough shots, but is also like, I feel like he's in a tough spot where he like thinks Bill doesn't want him to shoot. Mm -hmm. So he doesn't, but then Bill's like, he needs to shoot more. So he's like, he doesn't fully know what he wants out of him, but I think he's doing a pretty good job of just trying to like run offense and prove that he's can run an offense and be a point guard and be a leader. But it's also like once he figures out that he can do those things while also taking a lot of shots, I think is when he, this team will go to a whole nother level. Yeah. Well, I heard that's kind of some of the feedback he got from NBA was they want him to get guys involved more, run an offense, be a legit point guard. Yeah. So, I mean, that might be what they're trying to do. And we obviously got guys that can score. Uh, he can get involved and get open looks and things like that. But yeah, still I mean, feels like there's going to be – multiple games that he ends up winning us down the stretch. We're going to have like a a stretch in February where Remy just like has moments where it's like, whoa, okay, this is, this is the guy we were waiting for. But I mean, that's a hard spot for him to be in. He was there for, was he at Arizona state four years? This is fifth year. I get so confused with all the COVID stuff. Yeah. What was, cause his freshman year was that year. They beat us at the field house. So that would have been 2017, 2018. Devontae's and that was that was Marcus's freshman year. Marcus was a senior last year. So, yeah, this is Remy's fifth year of college basketball. So he's had four years of building these habits of, like, not being a point guard that runs the office and more of just a point guard that does whatever he wants and goes out and shoots a bunch. But So it's hard, but I do think, like, this is just classic example of Bill – slowly 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 getting a guy to figure it out and then by the end of the year it's gonna it's gonna work i mean hopefully like something like malik where malik it just clicked finally but yeah i think he should be i mean got december it's only mid-december i feel like he could be fine by what january mid-january yeah i mean mean, it's not not fine either yeah that's what i was gonna say it's not he. It's not that he's bad. It's that he's not being as good as he could be, which hurts us. Like, yeah. um, 
because the expectations were crazy. It felt like yeah. everyone had him being an All-American preseason Big 12 Player of the Year. Yeah, He averaged 19, like, every year at Arizona State, it felt like. Yep. Felt like he was going to come – I mean, I would have said he was going to be our leading scorer. I thought oh, yeah. I would have had a chance, but – Nobody saw what Oates was going to – like, we did not see this coming. Yeah. All right, so last thing I want to talk about KU hoops before we'll talk some KU football. Are we at all worried? Like, so we've been gassing up KU this whole time. We love them. We just 30 balled Missouri. Oach is incredible. CB's great. Everything seems great. Are we at all worried that like our non conference schedule is going to kind of haunt us come Big 12 play when we're seeing a top 15 team every week, essentially? I mean, you think Baylor, Texas, Iowa State. OU's up there close. I don't know. Like, it just – I'm a little worried that this is the first time in a long time we haven't had a ton of big tests in the non-con where yeah. it's like, are we going to be kind of shocked when we're playing against teams like Baylor and even yeah. Iowa State? Like, they've got an incredible defense. I'm not fully believing in Iowa State, but they are going to be a tough win at Brand- or at uh, Hilton. Yeah. Yeah, they've, they've played and beaten some tough teams too. Like, they're, what, top 15 team right now? I think they're 11th. Yeah, 11th. Yeah, and Oklahoma's beaten some good teams. Um, yeah, Baylor's Baylor looks great again. Big 12 seems stacked. Yeah. Texas Tech, I watched them play a little bit tonight. They're still solid as hell. I mean, we're stacked, though. I know. We have, we have Allen Fieldhouse. Yep, and once our defense comes together, like, we're going to be the best team in the Big 12. Baylor's going to be good, but I don't know. Um, you want to hear some breaking news? Oh, Memphis? Memphis is absolutely slaughtering Alabama. <laughs> 61 to 42 with 12 minutes left. Memphis is on a 12-0 run, just going bananas. I just saw a guy pull up from three from the most egregious spot on the court and drained it. <laughs> Wasn't it like a one-point game at half? Yeah, it was four or five point game at half, but it was like a one point game all first half. But what I'm getting at is the fact that Alabama was ranked ahead of KU. Stupid. Or well, better than Alabama. The non-con schedule would have looked a little better too. If both yeah, I wish took care of business in Orlando. Yeah. That was, supposed to be, Nate Oates. that was supposed to be our game. That was supposed to be, I mean, imagine that if we start the year with win over Michigan state and Alabama, and then we, 30 ball Missouri like this would have been we'd have been the unanimous number one team this would have been great but it is what it is I kind of like this whole flying under the radar thing but well I'm still going to complain about rankings every week until we're back in the top <laughs> five because you can't tell me this team isn't a top five team it drives me insane but yeah with the, back to our team I mean it's nice having all the veteran leadership and stuff though so yeah. like that's going to help us on nights where we struggled score not to squeak out a win but having nine of the 18 big 12 games at allen is i mean because even with our bad teams it feels like worst case it's like seven and two at home we still good at allen fieldhouse last year with like an empty i know we got destroyed by texas but (laughs) oh my god other than that i think did we win every other game at allen fieldhouse yeah we beat baylor by double digits right yeah we killed them yeah, so like I don't honestly, it sounds crazy, but eight and one could be worst case. Like we just don't lose there. Like we have undefeated seasons there. Yeah, I mean eight and seven and two would be very disappointing in Allen <laughs> even yeah. with 
even if they come to Baylor and Texas, I mean, you just, you have to split with Baylor and Texas if you want to win the big 12. Um, yeah. So you got me excited about uh, the Kentucky game at Allen. That, I mean, that, I think Bill's been talking about it. He said, this is the best home schedule we've had in a while. And to think that we just had Missouri, we've got Kentucky in a month. We've got Baylor number one. I hope they're number one when we play them. Doubt yeah. they will be, but I hope they are. We've got Texas going to be a top 10 team with Chris Beard. Uh, who else? I was, I mean, if Iowa State continues to be good, it's just going to be a crazy home slate, which we deserve it because last year was obviously the worst. Like, so we deserve just absolute chaos in Allen Fieldhouse the rest of the year. I'm still really pissed we lost to Dayton. Like, that was just such an annoying loss. They've lost to dorks all year. That is the best way to sum up that game. Like, it is just – I'm not even mad about it. I'm just annoyed. Like, it's just so stupid. Why did we lose that game? They're not good. Like And like you said earlier, that game winner was even more annoying. Like, I just watched it, and I'm like, what? Yeah, it's weird. I don't know. Like – I know I sound like a guy that's like, I'm not mad. I'm not mad, but I'm definitely mad. But it's like, I wasn't infuriated after that loss. I was more just like, what the hell just happened? We were killing them. We looked so good. CB's getting technicals. Like, we were just so much better than them. And it just fell apart so fast. So it was just such an odd game. Uh, People claim we lost that game because of CB's tech. Oh, I love those guys. This is why you just this is why you just score and run back on defense. This is why I can hear my dad saying it in the living room right now. <laughs> a team that lost to Austin P got motivated by a guy <laughs> dunking to put you up by 20. That's yeah. why they came back and won. That, that's why every backdoor cut they did the entire game worked perfectly. That's yep. why. Yeah. Yep. <laughs> oh, I love KU Twitter. Um all right. Let's talk a little KU football because Lance and the fellas are cooking in the transfer portal. And and before we get going, I want to address this. Already itself have come on this podcast. We've had guests on this podcast where we've sat around and been like, boys, things are changing. The Jayhawks are coming. We've got a head coach. We're recruiting. This is great. This is perfect. We're finally going to win four or five games. And things went completely down the drain quick. And I'm just going to say it. And if this can be, this might be played in five years and people where we're in a worse position we are now, but it just feels different this time. It just does. It just does. We're good. We have a chance to be good. What are your thoughts on KU football? I'm glad you said that. That's exactly how I feel. It just feels different. Like you can just feel it within the fan base, coaching staff, the players, like, and obviously there's a lot of momentum to end the year. Like we weren't winning games. Moral victories suck, but like, think about how I was talking to Bri the other day about the offensive line, like how bad the O-line looked early in the year. And like the O-line was, O-line looked great to end the year against some good defensive lines, TCU, West Virginia. Yeah. Um, JD looked really good. I mean, Lance just came – that's the biggest thing is, like you said, like it feels different, and it feels different because we have not ended a season with momentum ever. 
during oh. this like brutal stretch. Like even the year we're less, uh, we got the win over Texas Tech, but then we turned around and got absolutely destroyed by K-State. We get absolutely destroyed by Baylor on senior day. Like that season did not end with hope. That season ended with, ah, uh, that was a fun little two-game stretch against Texas and Texas Tech, but we still are who we are. Whereas, like you said, moral victories suck, but we were competing four straight games. Five of the last six, you take out Oklahoma State, who was a yard from making the playoff. Like, yeah. I mean, we should have beat OU. We should have beat TCU. We were in it against West Virginia. Yeah, JD did two picks in the end zone against them. Like, yeah. So, I mean, that's why it feels different is because we we actually saw a positive product on the field, whereas with Les and Beatty, it was always just momentum recruiting wise. Yeah. Rather than actually seeing like, okay, these guys can actually coach. Now let's get them the talent to do it. So let's just get into it. What do I mean? Do you have the names on the tran? Do you have a little info on the guys from the transfer portal? Um, I've got some names down here, but where do you want to start? Who do you think the biggest one we got is? That's tough because I think we got three guys that might come start day one next year on the defense, which is huge. Yeah, like day one starters that. Like the kid, like the Craig Young dude from Ohio State, they said the Ohio State <clears throat> writer on Rivals said he like legit competed for a starting job last year. Yeah. And obviously Ohio State powerhouse, like they were went away, like beating Michigan to play in the playoff. Like we don't need to talk about how good Ohio State is, but yeah. Like a guy that I mean, it felt, I'm sure he could have went. I wonder how many powerhouse well, I mean, programs are like he could have went anywhere in the country, I'm sure. Yeah, I mean, KU. Yeah, and it's just like I was reading that like Ohio State fans were actually kind of like disappointed to see him go. Like it's pretty rare. A lot of times these transfers, you're excited to get them, but then you start to think like, well, there's a reason they're transferring. Mm-hmm. This guy, Craig Young. I mean, like you said, he almost started. And obviously, Ohio State is incredibly competitive. It wasn't like a situation where he just was bad. It was just like yeah. they're stacked, and so to see that their fan base was even kind of like, damn, like he had potential. We could have, it would have been nice to keep him around. I love that. I think the Gilliard pickup today from central Florida, I think you, so what were you telling me earlier? Gilliard? I don't know. Just give me the lay the groundwork on Gilliard because it was interesting how you laid out like his career so far. Yeah. So um, he played in 10 games freshman year when Central Florida won the national championship. Yeah. Um, and then he was a two-year starter sophomore, junior year. Like, he played all 13 games, started all 13 games sophomore year, and then started nine games junior year. And then senior year, I'm pretty sure I'm right on this because he has two years left. He played four games senior year, so he basically took the red shirt, decided to transfer four games in. Yeah. And then everyone gets the extra COVID year. Yep. So he technically could play next year and the year after. So he technically could have two more years here. Yeah. So, I mean, mean, that's like, that's a great scenario for a transfer. Like, I don't think he necessarily transferred because he was playing bad or he lost his spot or anything like that. I think he just realized this year, like, it's time for a change. I'm going to head out of here. Like, it wasn't, I don't know. And so, I don't know who's leading the charge on that. Like, who's leading? Who's the guy? Like, I remember back in the day, it was always like Emmett Jones and Tony Hole. Like, who, 
who are the what guy on the staff is responsible for these types of guys coming, but probably just team of a team effort, but it's exciting. Yeah, and then they got that uh, <clears throat> corner from the Michigan State commit that was like a top 250 kid out of high school. And that's another scenario where it's like you worry about um, why would they be coming here? Like maybe they weren't good, but he he was committed to Wisconsin after he transferred. And it's like yeah, Wisconsin, I mean, eight, Wisconsin, nine team every year. Wisconsin people were excited to get him. And now he's being like, eh, I'm good. I'll go to Kansas. Like that's just <laughs> wild. Um, Sevion Morrison, the running back from Nebraska, he uh, – I don't know. It kind of like I was reading that it just kind of felt like he got kind of a bad like the COVID year. It was unlucky for him to start with how everything went when the COVID year and like it just kind of set him back a little bit. I don't know. Or he got COVID during the COVID year, which set him back. And they just felt like he never really got comfortable in that offense because of that. And so to think like a guy that talented that was once a four star recruit is now coming here might not even probably won't start for us. Like that's our, that's our backup running back. We'll take yeah. that all day. I know it's nice to have that one, two punch him and Devin Neal. Like, I mean, he had to exceed everyone's expectations as a freshman. Like did, Devin, uh, he was unreal last year. Did you happen to see that we had a running back on the rosters? Mom tweet after uh Sevion Morrison committed. Yeah. Not great. Got deleted real quick, but there's a certain mom of a running back on the roster. It's not Devin Neal's mom because she's, I mean, they're all great, but uh, she was not happy, which I get it. You you feel like yeah. your son's earned to be the, like, clear number two guy than to have someone else come in. But that's where KU football is at is, like, we're getting – we're getting so many guys that, like, current people on the roster are mad because they know we're getting studs. Yeah. I know. <clears throat> I'm excited about those two running backs next year. Yeah. We had some we had some injury problems in the running back room this year. So it's like, how do you say I mean you can't say no to a top a four star dude out of high school. Like yeah. I talked to a couple of my Nebraska friends. I think they were upset to see him go and they had good things to say about him. Yeah. So and I mean Sevion Morrison, it's just a great name. I mean <laughs> Picturing Brian Haney scream that name as he runs down the field for a 95-yard touchdown. Like, a quick just... seven for Sevion. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my God. <laughs> oh, that's that. Yeah, I mean, that's going to be it. That is going to be said 50 <laughs> times over the next couple of years. <laughs> oh, it'll be nice to have someone to compliment Devin Neal, though. I mean, I love, <laughs> love our other running backs, but – yeah. I don't know. They didn't really – I feel like none of our running backs really even showed flashes last year. Like, Vel- yeah. we had Jason Bean getting carries. Amari had – what was that? Was that the, the Texas game or was it the OU game where Amari had some really good – Yeah, I forget. He was solid, but, I mean – Like, we had uh, that former quarterback getting carries for us. What's his name? Lachlan? Oh, yeah. 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 Rest in peace, Belton Gardner. Where do has he even transferred yet? I thought he announced he did, but I don't know. I wonder how many guys will have transfer over the next week or so. We were so hopeful for Belton Gardner. Yeah, 
Yikes. But we're fine. But, yeah, I mean, and I think we got a Buffalo guy, which is always good to see. Like, it's just knowing guys that I don't even know. I don't know if this guy played for Lance or if he committed to Lance or what the deal is, how we got him. But yeah, it's crazy. We got that QB from Virginia. He's like the number one QB in Virginia. He's not like a super high river uh, recruited or highly ranked recruit. But I know uh, the main dude that runs the football on Jayhawk slant was like, I think this guy's like a huge sleeper. Like I'm pretty big on him. So that's nice. I mean, JD will play. Obviously we got JD for a couple of years, which is so exciting. I was thinking about him the other day. Like what the, I know we probably, we wouldn't have beat K-State, but if JD would have started against K-State, that game would have been so much more exciting. Yeah. It's obviously all of our fans get up for that game. It's like, I yeah. wish I love I feel- being too. It's just, I feel bad for Jason being like, I, I kind of joked that I wanted to see us like use him as a wide receiver. And we trying to tried to do like the, I don't know, the jet sweeps and whatever we tried with him, but he is a weapon on his feet. Like he's so fast. I wouldn't yeah. hate somehow getting involved in the offense, but I also wouldn't be shocked if he like transferred or something, but who knows? Yeah, dude, it is exciting thinking about the three uh, transfers they got this week on defense though. It's like, yeah. Our defense looked a lot better to end the year. Like it wasn't amazing. Still feel like they're missing a lot of tackles, but you got three dudes that played at pretty high level schools that are transferring in that. I mean, how could they not start day one? Yeah. It's like, you got those three Kenny Logan's is a freaking stud. Yeah. It's like our defense huge. Like how much better did our defense just get over the last like week? And we needed it because we lost some big pieces. Like, Losing Chiron and I mean, uh, it's uh, I mean, the transfer portal, like I feel like it's kind of a mixture of Lance is great. The transfer portal being the way it is now where guys are immediately eligible. Like, I feel like it's it's all coming together to be like the perfect recipe for rebuilding a team fast and like getting us to a point where I mean, Lance needed spring ball last year. Yeah. And we saw the improvements that he was able to make. Like, to think that now he's getting his guys, he's getting guys that fit his system, and he's going to have a full off season with them. Four games, boy, sir. Yeah. Four wins. That's why, yeah, it feels different. He got here so late, and they were that solid at the end of the year. Like, they were – they had it tied in Fort Worth against TCU, beat Texas, competed with – OU, one of the best teams in the country. And then, I mean, West Virginia game could have went either way. Yeah. Like, we, didn't we, we, Potter had that pick six to tie it or go up one? I think we went up after the pick yeah. six. I don't know. But either yeah. way, like you said, if Jalen makes two better decisions in the red zone that game, we can't, we can win it. Yeah. I know. It just feels like, I feel like me and you, like, I honestly feel like in the back of our minds, we kind of knew something was off with Les. Like, Dude. So it was like, it was tough to get excited about. I mean, we were excited. Like, I feel yeah. like I, I wonder what we were saying after the Boston College game on our pod. I bet we had some hot takes. Oh, and going into the K-State game, like we had some momentum. Oh, that was the most momentum this football program seen. And it was fun. Like, honestly, our fan base needs to do that type of stuff. We needed to have the false hope of beating K-State that week. Like, that's how you start big-time momentum for a turnaround. But, 
Yeah, you're right. The second Les Miles came on his first press conference and spoke in slow-mo and just, <laughs> it was like, I remember sitting there in my living room like, oh my God. <laughs> like none of us wanted to come out and say it, but <laughs> it was like, this is not the guy. I mean, it was easy to say, oh, that's Les. He's, he's quirky. He's goofy. Mm-hmm. He's weird. That's what he is. But it was also like, he's not forming sentences. Like, this is not good, but hey, he yeah. had a decent first year. He gave us some memories. Yeah. But Lance more. is the guy. Lance is the guy. My, I'm more, yeah. See, now I'm going to start saying really stupid things, but like, <laughs> I'm starting to get more scared of Lance getting poached by another school than I am him failing for us. Like, I think it's more likely that Lance does such a good job these next two years that we start to see some real momentum and he's like on his way to freaking Michigan. <laughs> I don't know. Like I, it's... I absolutely think you're right. I think last off season was like the perfect situation. Like yeah. there was no jobs open. Yeah. Uh, and then the stuff that came out on less was like perfect timing. Like what oh, if yeah. that, what if less was still our coach somehow? <laughs> we would be, like what if, if that, Les was still our coach? And I mean, the bigger thing is getting Jeff Long out. Like yeah. Travis Goff is a stud, mm-hmm. and like we're getting. I mean, there's rumors of big time donors pledging big numbers. Um, so like, I think yeah. the end of that season, us getting some momentum, and it's just huge. It's what you have to do, and then you pair it with a good off season, and it's like, okay, now people are serious about this program. You think we have more momentum now than? I know it's probably easier to say we do now, but more momentum now than we did back when we were playing K-State with less. Or do you think we had, like the we fact had that a full that stadium it- and we were convinced we were going to win, like, and we were fresh <laughs> off a win. Like we had, we, right now we have more momentum that's like real and like not just emotionally driven. Like we were still riding high off the Texas Tech win. Like, I don't know. It was like, Let's be honest, the Texas Tech win took a guy laddering, lateraling the ball in the one of the dumbest plays in the history of college football for us to win that game. Like, it's still – we were still kind of doing bonehead stuff. But – I mean, uh, I feel like the – our fans just felt so confident about Lance even before we saw these improvements. So, it's like you're already seeing the improvements. We're already this excited, confident about Lance, and now they're getting – they're getting like big time transfers. Like, I mean, these guys weren't stars at their last schools, but it's like they were playing for. We don't necessarily need them. Yeah. We don't need them to come in and be stars. We just need talent all over the field. Like that's what we just haven't had. We've had guys that are just not big 12 talent all over our field the last 10 years. And you just can't do that. We need vaccinator at right guard. (laughs) Anthony Bax and GP, <laughs> honestly. I know yeah. um, that's what I think. I think you just talked earlier about the transfer portal being so big for us. Like KU obviously gives you an opportunity to come in and start day one. Like it's yeah. not like we play in a <clears throat> power five conference. Like, and I don't think we're not going to be the laughing stock anymore. No. So it's like people probably used to laugh about coming here, but it's like, you see these three dudes come here, like maybe a couple more transfers will come or in that, that Texas game was such a big, like that was the, 
outside of OU, I mean, you'd argue Texas may be better just because of the brand, like, but like, and the humor, but like us winning that Texas game and the way we did, like, that holds weight, I think, with those guys saw that. That was a huge story. It wasn't just a random win on a Saturday at 11 a.m. that nobody was watching. Like, that was a big time story that I think a lot of people were kind of like, whoa, Kansas football is kind of changing a little bit they're not such a joke anymore so imagine if we didn't get that two-point conversion oh i can't believe <laughs> jd rolled out right like 20 yards remember when we picked him off and like i literally tweeted like we're gonna win the game like the game's <laughs> over i've never deleted a tweet so fast <laughs> we went run 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 no time went off the clock and then they sent you out to punt and it went 15 yards Dude, that pissed me off. They they started at like the 35, and you knew they were scoring. Oh, yeah. So, and then being a KU football fan, I think you immediately are just like, oh, we yep. knew how that story when ended. OT, I don't know. When it goes OT, you're like, yep, that's a game. <laughs> yeah, it's crazy. I mean, I'm so glad Lance went for two. Can you imagine if he just kicked the kicked the PAT? And also, I mean, we're we're rambling big time now, but like excited, dude. Texas getting that penalty that allowed us to what did we get half the distance of the goal? Yeah, it's like it put us inside the oh, dude, no, it was energy. a taunting penalty, wasn't it? It was or something. Like we got, I mean, that was a pretty generous call. So I mean. That was huge. Those are the breaks you got to get. And Jared Casey becoming the freaking most electric tight end in football by the end of the year was just awesome. So, all right. Well, ring of honor, whatever that is up there. I'm glad we got on here and we talked. We had a lot of uh, recapping to do. I'm pumped that we're talking football and basketball in December. Um, You got anything else before we go? I don't. I was gonna say before we talked about uh, football, it's kind of wild that we're this good at basketball, and I'm like constantly refreshing Jayhawk slant like Dude, football. Board. It's crazy. I don't even check the basketball board. I, I log in center. to check Memorial, whatever it's called, on the <laughs> slant, and I read that every day. Yeah, if you don't have a membership on there, you might as well go buy one. Uh, John Kirby, JK on the slant kills it. He's the goat. Yeah. So. All right, folks. Well, that's what we got for you. Uh, we'll, we say this all the time. But we're going to try and be more consistent, get out more episodes. The Hawks are really good at basketball. And uh, yeah. Well, I mean, yeah. once big, once big 12 play starts, we're going to be playing some really good teams every week. Like we're going to be yep. um, getting episodes out all the time. So, and then <laughs> Kentucky's coming up or when's that? That's in January, January 30th. I think January 29th, I think. Imagine if we pass them in the all-time wins. We need that game to be like deadlock tied or down one. They got to lose three games between now and then. We got to win out. I've already ran the numbers. Because, I mean, oh. it still be, it'd still be pretty dope if we're down one to them. And we yeah, to tie it. Yeah. yeah. Either way. Just got to win it. We got to gain one on them. But... All right. That's all we got, everyone. We'll, uh, we'll be back soon. And uh... – We'll see you. Rock Chalk. I'm in the business of misery. Let's take it from the top. She's got a body like an hour.
Everyone is talking about magnesium. It's all you hear about. But why? What do we know about magnesium? Well, magnesium is the number one mineral that 75% of Americans are deficient in. If you are a woman over 35, magnesium will help you rediscover balance, energy, and vitality. Magnesium supports more than 300 enzymatic reactions in your body, including those involved in hormonal balance. From functional medicine doctors to mental well-being and female hormone experts, we all know that magnesium is the one mineral to improve all aspects of well-being and health. But which one? Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers. The trusted choice recommended by leading experts with seven best-absorbed forms of magnesium to ensure your body receives the support it needs for overall well-being. Go to bioptimizers.com slash balance today and use code BALANCE10 for 10% off. Support your journey to wellness at B-I-O-P-T-I-M-I-Z-E-R-S dot com forward slash balance. Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers, your foundation to optimal health and vitality.